I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball, Players Edition. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. Taking you inside the clubhouse for the biggest stories across the game with former major leaguers. Bellinger swings, high fly ball down the line. Off of the Featuring ex-outfielder turned Radio.com sports insider and San Diego Padres analyst Tony Gwynn Jr. They're not going to be pushed around at any point, regardless of what their record is. And former catcher turned Radio.com sports insider and Philadelphia Phillies analyst Ben Avis. It's very alarming. I had them right about 500. It's all on Radio.com sports big time baseball players edition. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Uh, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside Ben Davis. Uh, just to share a little bit about myself, I played parts of eight seasons with the Brewers, Padres, Dodgers, and Phillies in 2016 into the broadcasting realm where I am at now. I, I did one year with Dodgers. Uh, since then, I've been back at home in San Diego with the Padres for the last three years. Color on the radio. And I also co-host a show on 97.3 The Fan uh, in San Diego. Uh, ben, why don't you give it a background? Okay, my name is uh, Ben Davis. I played parts of seven years in the big leagues with the San Diego Padres, Seattle Mariners, and Chicago White Sox. Uh, I am currently in my fifth year doing the color uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, on television. And in my eighth year in the studio doing pre- and post-games. So when I'm not in the booth, I'm usually in the studio doing pre- and post uh for the hometown team I grew up watching. I never played for the Fighting Phils, but uh, I'd like to think I'd know more about the Phillies than just about anybody still being a huge fan. So it's a really, a, after playing, it's really a dream come true to be able to get to do what I do and um, still stay in the game and, and still able to do podcasts along with that. So this is, this is a lot of fun for me. 
Yeah, so the idea behind Big Time Baseball, you know, each week we'll, we'll dig into the top stories of the games and biggest headlines from, you know, our perspective. Uh, we'll also have a variety of different baseball voices on this podcast. I want to start with this. The, the two biggest storylines going into this season, Ben, was that was Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. One ends up <laughs> where you happen to be uh, what you're cut the color analyst for. One happened to end up where I'm. Uh, one of the color analysts for, and that's Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Uh, Bryce Harper's got off to, I would say, a rough start. I think you should speak on that first since you're around it much more uh, often than I am. Yeah, you're looking at it, you're going into the offseason. The Phillies were after both of those free agents, Machado and Harper. There's even some talk of them signing both of them, which from a financial standpoint, I don't know how that could possibly uh, be possible, <laughs> right. but I mean, right. that's, that's writing a lot of checks right there. But uh, they ended up getting Harper, and as the, as the winner started to evolve it was okay the Phillies go out they sign McCutcheon right-handed hitter they go get Gene Segura right-handed hitter they go and get JT Real Muto from the Marlins right-handed hitter and I'm thinking to myself what was really going to add to this lineup really to protect Reese Hoskins and those guys that they just acquired I'm thinking they need a lefty and that first and foremost would be Bryce Harper uh, he's he's pretty much he's batted third for every game this season he's played every game this season uh, the only time he didn't bat third was when he batted second. That only lasted for a day, and then Gabe, Gabe Kapler moved him back to that three-hole. But it's it's kind of been a rough start. I think he is, you know, he's hitting in the low 230s. He's approaching 80 strikeouts. 80 yeah, strikeouts. That. And that is just something that, you know, he's, he's among the league leaders in walks. And that's something that I've talked to Gabe Kapler about. I said, listen, this guy's going to strike out a lot. We know that. This guy's going to walk a lot. We know that. And he's going to hit a lot of home runs. So that's really something that the Phillies obviously invested a ton of money into, knowing those three factors. And um, listen, it's, it's going to be the way it is for the next, after this year, 12 years, he's going to be here right. in Philadelphia. Uh, but right. it's, been a, it's been a rougher go for him. Uh, one thing I will compliment him in the fact that he hasn't taken those at-bats into the outfield. He's played an unbelievable outfield. He's been, he's been hustling everywhere. Uh, he's always tried to take the extra base, even on a single and that's something I think that the Philly fans, and you can attest to playing here, Junior, that yeah, you know the, yeah. the Philly fans definitely love that about him. He's been very accurate throwing the bases, and um, I think he's. It's only a matter of time before he, you know, he hits 400 in a month and hits 10 home runs. But that being said, from a technical standpoint, you're watching him, and we had touched on this last week. One of your your dad's favorite things to always say. Actually, there were three things he always says. He was he said, get in your stance. Get your foot down and take the knob of the bat to the ball. Well, first right. and foremost, I don't see him getting his foot down all the time. And over 50% of these strikeouts are on fastballs. And they're mm, 95 and higher. It, it does say a lot because, you know, if you don't get your foot down, there's no way you can you can get to the baseball. You're going to be late. You're going to be late. He's found a ton of balls over the third base dugouts. And I'm not saying on these are tough pitches. I mean, he's getting some really good pitches to hit. Because the guys be hitting behind him, Hoskins and Real Muto, they're doing a lot of damage. They're so they're challenging. Yeah. Yeah. They're challenging Bryce Harper right now, and he's still late. He said, "Listen, I know what I'm doing. I have to. I have to be better on fastballs, especially fastballs up in the zone. Either start to lay off them or shorten your swing yeah. up a little bit. You know what I mean? That, because that's, it's it, that's it's the, not working right now. That's the name of the game, right? Is if if you're at the big league level, the, the one thing you must do is hit the fastball. And yep. if you're not hitting fastball, the game becomes that more difficult. Uh, now, clearly, Bryce is suffering from the same thing that I think a lot of guys who sign deals 
uh, suffer from, and that's wanting to prove that they're worth that deal in this one year. They want to go out and prove, and you see a lot of guys struggle, and I'm seeing some of the same things you're seeing from a mechanical standpoint. Uh, He's late on the fastball, and when you're late on the fastball and you know pitchers have a secondary pitch they can get you with, now you're trying to pair two different pitches at the same time, and Mm -hmm. that that just doesn't work. It ends up with foul balls down the left field line or down over that third base dugout, or you're just getting beat by fastballs. And, and, and the one thing I also see from Bryce is uh, when, when Bryce is right, he's hitting the ball to all field. He's coming off on the ball a lot. Like when I see him finish a lot of these strikeouts, seems like his body's already moving towards that Philly dugout, which is on his, on his right side. So uh, he's, he's good when he's, using the field and you just haven't seen that from Bryce lately no I haven't and you're absolutely right it almost seems like his body's going in one direction towards the first base yes. dugout bat is going the other direction towards the third base dugout the other thing that I've noticed is he's changing his the height of his head where he starts mm. he starts in kind of a squat and then when he goes he's 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 lunging forward and his head is moving up and I'm not saying just by an inch it's going a good six or seven inches up there's been times where he's taken pitches and where he ends up taking the pitch on his tippy toes. And if your head is moving that much, that ball's going to jump on you that much. And trying to barrel it makes it all that much harder. And until he learns to just keep that plane, keep that plane with his head, he's going to continue to swing through balls and foul balls off. You, you know what's interesting, especially as it pertains to Bryce, I thought he had a lot more head movement than some of the the, the best hitters in the game, there's a, a significant difference. Like his head is when you stop it at time of him getting in the hitting position and then him attacking the baseball, there's a significant amount of movement. And I think, as you and I both know, when you have a lot of head movement and, and you're dealing with a lot of velocity, uh, it's a very complicated swing to pull off, especially considering how aggressive he is with his swing in general. It's not like he has that Rafael Palmero swing, <laughs> yeah, right? He he can just flick it out somewhere. He's it's an aggressive swing. Yeah, I, I always say on the on the broadcast it's violent. I mean, it, it comes to its own. But the other thing like, you you touched on it's a great point is the fact that I suffered from it because I didn't have a quick bat. Okay, so if I look up at that radar gun and I see 95, I say, "You know what? I got to get it going." So therefore, you start to get it going and all of a sudden, you don't pick up spin on a breaking ball. You're swinging at that 57-footer, that 58-footer, and the ball's in the dirt because you're thinking, I have to go get that fastball. You don't read spin. You end up swinging that ball in the dirt and walking back to the dugout. That's the other thing I'm seeing out of Bryce is you know, not trusting himself to get to the fastball. They break off something nasty in the dirt with some spin on it, and next thing you know, he's walking back to the dugout. But you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things because I've lived it. But you know, getting back to those strikeouts, if, if you – you look at it, and unfortunately, the baseball world just lost a treasure in Bill Buckner. Um, 69 yes, years yes. old is, is way, way too young to go for, for such a guy that had over 2,700 hits. Just a true, consummate professional and a professional hitter. But I saw a stat, Junior, over the weekend about Bill Buckner. And it was, you know, how many times guys had struck out three or more times in a ball game. Adam Dunn was the all-time leader with 173 times. He struck out three or more times. Your father did it once. Yeah. One time. You know how many yeah. times Bill Buckner did it? <laughs> how many times he did Zero. Zero. Yeah. Never wow. struck out three or more times in a ball game in 20-plus years of playing in the big leagues. I just find that remarkable because 
playing with your dad it was this man could get a bat on anything and when he struck it it was like oh did you see that <laughs> like, it was like it was like everybody else hit the home run when, when your dad struck it's like oh my gosh he struck out it's unbelievable that never happened that but, you know it's funny because the Padres weren't very good at the time and the one time he did strike out three times in a game it was like on sports center it was usually right. towards the the back the back end of that yeah, that's something. Um, getting getting back to to Manny Machado, uh, what are you seeing out yeah, there from yeah. him in, in his struggles? And, and it's it's a different type of struggle because I, I certainly wouldn't even classify it as struggling. Got nine homers, twenty nine RBI, something around that. But it's just a difference to me when you watch between Bryce and, and Manny. Manny is getting his hits. We just haven't seen consistent flow like. I think he's had in, in those big-time Oriole years when he was that way, even last year. I mean, the 37 homers, we just hasn't gotten into that hot spot. And But you can see glimpses of it. You see glimpses right. of it. And much like much like Bryce, defensively, you wouldn't even know. If, if you were watching him play defense, you would think he's having a tremendous offensive season by the way he's playing defense. I mean, it's been everything he's uh, we've, he, that has been advertised from a Padres standpoint. And listen, the Padres knew going in the year that they'd had the best – backup shortstop in mm-hmm. Manny Machado. And that's where he ends up playing because Tatis Jr. goes down. And I, I, I just, it's just a different type of, I think with Manny, it's just a matter of getting used to a new league, A, and B, uh, having a chance to kind of settle in. And I, I think you're going to start seeing him, uh, the power numbers start to go up because the hits are starting to fall. He's, uh, and so he's getting into a good groove. And uh, the Padre team is, is is playing well in due, large part because what we've seen from Eric Hosmer uh, in that middle of that lineup allowed guys like Fran Mil Reyes to see better pitches at the top of the lineup. And, and you're starting to see that offense starting to score more runs where I think going into the season, the Padres were expected to be better offensively and there was a bunch of question marks pitching wise. It's just the offense has kind of lagged a, a bit and, and now they seem to be kicking into gear. And it coincides with Manny Machado starting to get it rolling too. Yeah, it's nice to see some of these offenses really rolling, and and there are some special talents out there from an offensive standpoint. But you bring up the pitching, and there's a lot of teams out there that could use some pitching. I know the Phillies are a team that could use some starting pitching. Uh, it seems like everybody in this day and age in baseball, because the starters only expected to go five, maybe six innings, and then you're seeing the bullpens come in. And who doesn't need bullpen help, right? So you, there's a couple free agents out there that one notably in Dallas Keuchel, he said, okay, I'll accept a one-year deal. <laughs> if you want to prorate it, you know, I'm ready to go. In my opinion, you know, that should have been something that's been done in spring training or, or last offseason, sign that two-year deal that, you know, he had a couple offers out there and, and Keuchel now says, well, okay, I'll, I'll sign that deal. What are the, There's some teams out there. I know the Padres could use him, a, a ground ball guy in a, in a big ballpark. Um, I know the Phillies could use Keiko. I would love to see him because he would break up the power righty arms that they have in their rotation. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be huge to see just a different look. And then you got K- Craig Kimbrell, who uh, I, this guy, I think, is as nasty as anybody. He takes the ball. He doesn't get hurt. And he's a guy that wanted that three-year deal. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. But back end of a bullpen, I'd love to point. see the Phillies get him. Yeah, exactly right. You, you, you struggled towards the end of last season, and then you, you've taken off. I mean, we're almost into June here, and you said, okay, now I'm ready to go. It's not going to happen. But where could you <laughs> see these possible two guys landing? Well, you know, it's I, I think in, in Keiko, which is interesting, I think everybody knows at this point it's going to be a one-year deal, and I think it's going to be prorated, obviously. And I think there's going to be a lot more teams in because of that, because remember the deadline is earlier. So teams that have been able to hang on if they were buyers or sellers are going to have to make that decision earlier. Teams that feel like 
I, like the Dodgers in particular. I, I think they'll be a team in play only because, uh, I mean, that's another arm, you, uh, a, a, a top-level arm you could add to that rotation. That's they don't need any help so, out there. They don't need but, another but, lefty. <laughs> do, but do they ever really need any help, though? Do they right. ever really need any? They, they sent and they value starting pitching much more than they value relievers. We've seen that in the past few years when they've had opportunities to go out and get a top-notch reliever. You know, they tend to go for the tier two guys and, and kind of roll the dice with it. Uh, but the Dodgers, I think, will be a team. I think the Phillies will definitely be a team on, uh, on Keiko. We've seen reports of the Tampa Rays actually being in on Keiko and uh, Kimbrell. So I think it's going to be interesting. You can't count the Yankees out uh, in that standpoint. Oakland, all of a sudden, they've won 10 straight now. Houston's that much better, even with that that Correa is going to miss four to six weeks. Uh, that team is so loaded. I don't see that changing much. But for Kimbrell, I think it'll be a lot fewer. Um, you, you look around the teams that will you assume will be in contention, of the which need back-end help. Philly slide into that that spot. I don't mm-hmm. know that the I think the Padres will slide into that spot should they be in the race that late. Right. Um, the Yankees as well. Uh, you got to keep your eye. Minnesota. I mean, look, these guys are playing lights out right now. One of the best yeah. offenses in baseball. They're going to be in the hunt to add some pitching uh, or relievers. Uh, I I think the Tampa one is interesting because. Their payroll so low, if it absorbs a substantial you know, amount of money going to their payroll, it's certainly the Tampa Rays, right? Oh, absolutely. And that would add, I mean, what they already have in Snell and Glass now, uh, if you could yeah. bring in a, a guy that just concentrates on, on throwing that sinker down and away, especially to some, some of these big bats in the American League East. I mean, these guys are just clobbering the baseball. The big time number, the home runs are off the charts. I mean, absolutely off the charts. You got the, and they're not, you know, they're, they're without Judge and Stanton, and they're still doing it. And you got to give yeah, it. We talked, uh, touched on it last week about Aaron Boone, about the great job that he's doing. You have to give them all the credit in the world for having these guys out. I, they're, they're continuing to do it. The pitching, I, their starting pitching has withheld. I didn't think the starting pitching was going to be that great. We know about their great bullpen, but they have really sustained themselves. And, and once they get these guys back, watch out. And the only way uh, I think ultimately it's going to be the only one that can give a run for is the Red Sox. Uh, I don't know if Dustin Pedroia is going to be a part of that. Uh, He's only played nine games the last two seasons. He just had a press conference saying, you know, I don't know. I may have to shut it down, which would be an awful big loss for the Red Sox. They have managed to deal with him in the last couple of years. But what's your take on it? What's your take on Dustin Pedroia? You might join your dad in the Hall of Fame. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. I I think. Clearly, I mean, one of the most, one of the elite playoff, you know, run players that we've, that I've seen in my lifetime, a chance to, to play with Dustin back in the day. And he is everything that you see. I mean, he's a little dude, but out that he has and that he talks with, <laughs> he backs it up. He backs full it up. Force. Can't have nothing but respect for a guy like that, man. And, yeah. and, and I know, I know competing against him, you know, it, it, you would like to see him go on in his own terms, but. I, I, I've lived through this, not me personally, but with that and his knees. When when the knees aren't cooperating, there really isn't much you can do. And it seems as though Dustin's at that point. And listen, he'll go down, at least in my book, and I know in the folks in Boston book, as one of the greatest Red Sox ever. He, he, he was part of the, the group that helped bring that title that they had just been, you know, thirsty for for so long. He was able to, to quench that thirst. 
Yeah, career 300 hitter, MVP, rookie of the year. He's won the World Series twice, silver sluggers, and a four-time All-Star. Well, you talk about it, you say, you're going to watch the laser show today? You talk about backing up. That's pretty aggressive to make a, a comment like that, right? But he went out and backed it, it up. You know, not big in stature. But isn't it funny? Not funny, but you think about someone like Dustin Bajor. He's not big in stature. He's listed 5'9", 175. And you're thinking, how could a second baseman get a bad knee? Here I am, 6'5", 250. And knock on wood, I've never had a, <laughs> never had an issue. I've had all those years. The, the one thing that I think about, especially when it comes to Dustin, is, yes, he always – you know, talked a good game. He also in that locker room was revered by his teammates, man. He was yeah. like one of one of those guys that everybody wanted to have his back. Everybody wanted to be around. Well, uh, that's all for our show today. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Players Edition presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. Be sure to give us a five-star review Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis, we'll see you. Thanks so much. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.